welcome to our Good Friday service. <laughs> I think the Apostle Paul said it best in Romans 5.8 when he said, by, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. People have this mistaken idea that, you know, God died for all the good people. Why? Jesus said, you know, a physician is sent for the sick. And Jesus came because all have sinned, Romans 3.23, and fallen short of the glory of God. And, you know, it's, it takes the littlest thing to fall from grace. One bad thought and you're gone. Can you imagine that Jesus Christ didn't sin at all? I think that's extraordinary. He was without sin and it needed to be a perfect man that died for us. Because a perfect man sinned. And only a perfect man could take it back and it had to be God. Amen? So today is all about God's love. Why Jesus said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world. People preach bad messages about God. We don't. <laughs> Amen? We, we look at the so loved. Not that he's got problems and he's got issues. And You know, the people that preach that stuff, they've got issues. Seriously. Because God so loved that he gave. And we need to receive that from love today. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And we know, although it was free, it cost the Son of God his life. Let's begin in Matthew chapter 21. We'll try to get through this quickly. About eight pages. But we'll see how we go. <laughs> we, I, I, you know what? I want to take some time with this because this is important. This is important. If you've read through the life of Christ, you know tensions have been growing. Um, Jesus has been exposing the religious leaders that opposed him for what they really were. Now, not everybody opposed him. We know Jairus didn't. Remember the ruler of the synagogue that came and worshipped Jesus, and Jesus raised his daughter from the dead? You know he's not a part of this. We know Nicodemus isn't a part of this, a ruler of the Jews. Amen? But there was, you know, it's the squeaky wheels, isn't it? The ones that make the biggest noise stand out. (laughs) Okay? And and these are the ones that we're going to see. You know, everybody else was in their synagogue doing the thing they need to do. But these guys, you know, left their synagogue and came just... You know how people go out of their way to tell you their opinion? And (laughs) to tell you off? Well, that's what's going on here, okay? (laughs) And so I'm I'm, uh, reading in Matthew 21. Let's start in verse 23. It says, Now when he came to the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him. As he was teaching... You know, he's teaching, and they're doing this. I I need you to get a picture here. And said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? And verse 24, Jesus answered and said to them, I will also ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. You know, some people come and they challenge your authority. By what authority do you do? You didn't go to our school. You didn't get the certificate in the right place. Where are your credentials? Huh? <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. You want to and watch the question he, say, he says. The baptism of John. You know why he picks John? 
because he got away from the temple. He wasn't a part of their religion. He was out there in the wilderness preaching. And his distance from the temple showed how far they were from God. Because John was described as a man sent by God. Which tells if he's sent by God and he's away from the temple, the temple ain't sent by God anymore. They're just involved in religious activities. And see, this is the thing, isn't it? There's good and there's God. Be careful. Okay. And so anyway, he says, the baptism of John, where was it from? From heaven or from men? And they reasoned among themselves saying, hmm, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we, verse 26, but if we say from men, we fear the multitude for all count John as a prophet. Hello. So they answered Jesus and said, we do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. You know why? Because they don't want to know. Some people want to argue for the sake of arguing. Do you know if you ever meet somebody like that, just leave them alone. Yeah, but I want to witness to them. They're not worth your breath. You know, you don't want to pick the unripe fruit. When the fruit is ripe, pick it. Be led by the Spirit in everything that you do. Did you understand what I said? Amen? Because then you'll know which ones are right. I remember a story by, um, you all know Jackie Pullinger? She's a missionary out in China. She's just a legend. And um, one of the things that she says is that, you know, she learned how to pray in the Spirit and so on and so forth. And one of the things that she said was, she said she used to have enormous problems getting people, you know, leading people to Christ until she started doing this. And then she realized something, that God was leading her. She said, suddenly, they were just coming to the Lord one after the other. And she's thinking, what happened? Did my Chinese get better? You know, (laughs) what's up here? And she realized that God God was leading her to the people that were ready now. She wasn't wasting her time with those who did not want to hear, who just wanted to argue and waste her time. Amen? And so one after the other, they got saved. That's what we want. There's somebody out there that deserves your time. There's somebody out there that wants to know. And you are the answer. And if you are wasting time with someone that does not want to know, somebody else is missing out. And don't let the devil use that as a guilt trip. (gasps) You should be ministering to everybody. No, no, no. As the Lord leads. I will minister to everybody that God leads me to. Amen? All right. (laughs) So, this causes them great embarrassment. And their hatred for him grows. I want to... I want to do a bit of a lead up because sometimes people go, how come he got crucified if he was such a good person? This is why, because he, re- he exposed religion for what it was. Amen? And so <laughs> he goes on the talk. He talks to them in parables and so, because when he spoke plainly, they just argued. So he said, let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. And he starts with parables. And so everybody that wants to hear, listen, listen, this is something really important. If you want to hear, then the Spirit of God will minister the Word to you and let you know what's going on. If you don't want to hear and you're of the wrong spirit, that thing doesn't know what's going on. And their confusion shows who they were linked up with. Because they don't realize what he's on about until the end. Because he'll ask them a question, you know, if a person did all of these things, what do you think should happen to them? And they said, well, he should be punished. And then suddenly they realize it was about them. (laughs) 
<laughs> so let's read. Let's read. Okay. And it says, verse uh, Matthew 21, 45. Now, when the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking about them. But when they sought to lay hands on him, because it wasn't, you know, flattery. Okay, it was bad. They feared the multitudes because they took him for a prophet. Now, following this in chapter 22, Jesus will go on to relate the parable about the wedding banquet, which tells of the rejection of the nation of Israel, which further infuriates them. Okay, And instead of admitting their faults, see, this is the problem with religion, it doesn't want to ever think it's wrong. You know, one of the things that we need to learn to do is be honest and transparent all the time with God. No, nothing hidden. He sees it all, man. He, you know, the, 1 John 1, 9 doesn't say if you confess your sin. The actual Greek word says is if you acknowledge your sin. Do you know why? Because he already knows it. When you confess it, he doesn't go, what? You did what? <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. He, he saw you doing it. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Even then. <laughs> you need to do something about this. Amen? That's why the actual word means acknowledge. You need to acknowledge it. He already knows. Once you acknowledge it, then, then, he can forgive you and cleanse you. Amen? But it, uh, it takes a, These people are not acknowledging their sin. They want to hold on to it. There's a pride there. Where did that come from? Hello? Okay. Anyway. So, where were we? Um, <laughs> verse 15. So this is, this is, instead of repenting, this is their solution. These religious people. These people that are meant to represent God. The best of God. And verse 15, then the Pharisees met together to think of a way to trap Jesus into saying something for which they could accuse him. Wow. Do we not have a life? Do we not have anything else to do today? This is what we're up to? <laughs> okay. Jesus, of course, knew what the religious leaders were up to. And so he goes in to teach some of the most important things found in the Word of God. And this is where he starts to teach about, you know, in Matthew 22. I don't want to go through all this right now. Where he says in verses 37 through 40, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. All of that stuff happens now. Okay? And, uh, but following this, in Matthew 23, the next chapter in verse 41, he now turns to the scribes and Pharisees. This is in the last week of his life. The cross is around the corner, okay? And so he's not, before this he was compassionate and he was long-suffering and he would just try and try and try to talk to these people and they just wouldn't listen. At every turn they would oppose him. And they just wouldn't repent. That was the problem. He kept bringing things up and they just wouldn't acknowledge it. They would just be going, well, who, what gives you the right to tell us anything? Do you know people get defensive? Hello? Yeah. Don't get defensive. I got defensive. When, when I first started in ministry, quick testimony. When I first started, not a good one. When I first started in ministry, you know, <laughs> I had people, not with the right attitude, tell me I was doing the wrong thing. Did you all get the first part? Okay. So, you know, I just thought, oh, bless God. Just, you know, who are they to tell me? And so, you know, I did the thing that I should do, and I went and prayed and said, God, they're upsetting me. He said, why? What's the problem? I said, well, they're saying this. He said, is it true? Well, that's not the right question. I said, the right question is, did they do it with the right attitude? He said, no, are they right? 
well, maybe they have a point. Well, change. <laughs> that's all the counsel I'm getting? Yeah, that's it. And go somewhere else, find somebody else. To, you know, just pat my head and go, it's okay. They shouldn't have said that. It's what we want. <laughs> so I changed. And... You know, sometimes you want to do that because we don't want people to say, see, I told him, and that's why he changed. You know, we, you, know, you know what? Just change. Doesn't matter who takes the credit for it. You are better. You need to be better. Amen? <sighs> anyway, <laughs> uh, Matthew 23, verse 13. Because of their unrepentant hearts, he says, but woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Do you know why they call them, him, them, why he called them hypocrites? Because what they preached, they didn't do. They said one thing and they did something else. That's hypocritical. They judged people for not doing the right thing while they themselves did all the wrong things. That would infur- infuriate anybody. It infuriates God when people are like that. Because Jesus said, Sermon on the Mount, chapter 7, the first thing he says, don't judge, lest you be judged. Now, we are meant to have righteous judgment, but not unrighteous judgment. You all understand what I'm saying? I don't have time. Okay. You know, got to keep it under three hours. Anyway, so, <laughs> don't, don't worry, don't worry, it won't be that long. <laughs> And he says again, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from men, for you do not enter in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Isn't that interesting? He's saying, not only are you stopping other people, you're not going in, but you're also stopping other people from going in. And in fact, later on, he says, you make them twice the children of hell that you are. Boy, I tell you, that's... Verse 33. He goes and says, serpents, brood of wipers, how can you escape the condemnation of hell? Now, when we get to Matthew 24, I I just want you to see, in Jesus saying these things, he's letting us know what is going on and the people that are going to be behind his his crucifixion. They were not nice people. Are you all getting this? Amen. These are very bad people. In the name of God... They're about to crucify God. Isn't that something? Remember John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is God. Okay? That's why I keep saying to you, it took God on both ends to get this done. Couldn't take a man. It took God on both ends. Amen? Oh, praise and worship music. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, there you go. Everybody heard this now. And then (laughs) when we get to chapter 24, the very first verse tells us something very significant. A lot of people don't actually realize what this means. But it says, then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. This tells us that he was leaving that place for the last time. And the presence of God was going out. Are you all here? See, God does everything that he can to redeem but when you reject and reject and reject and reject, there's a point in time where his presence will leave. You know, big trouble. Verse, tw- uh, let's go to Matthew 26. 
And verse 1, I know we're jumping all over the place. It's one of those days, okay? I do teach line upon line, but today we have to jump. It says, now it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these things, that he said to his disciples, you know that after two days is the Passover, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. So this is how close it is now to his crucifixion. So Jesus was predicting his own death. And it, uh, it says in verses 3 and 4, Then the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders of the people assembled at the place of the high priest who was called Caiaphas and plotted to take Jesus by trickery and kill him. Wow. So here is the plot unfolding now. Okay. Verse 14, jump down there. Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest. Verse 15, and said, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? You know, when it, 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 notice it says, then one of the twelve, it just shows how close this betrayal was. It was one of his friends that betrayed him. You know, today if you feel like you've got friends that have betrayed you, Jesus knows what that feels like. He knows how you feel. You know, we always say, well, you don't know how I feel. <laughs> oh, yeah, more than you know. Okay. And they said, they counted out 30 pieces of silver, verse 16. So from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. So the Passover meal follows with Jesus um, using the occasion to institute what we call the Lord's Supper, okay? Uh, Matthew 26, verses 27 and 28. It says that then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drink, uh, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So let's jump down to verse 30, and I want to read through to verse 35. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the, shepherd, uh, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Verse 32, But after I have been raised, notice, after I have been raised, he said, I'm not going to stay dead. Oh, who talks like this? Huh? <laughs> okay. He said, I will go before you to Galilee. Right now, he tells them. He says, I'm going to die, but I will come back and then I'll go to Galilee. You know, he's got to tell them again because they all ran. Oh, freaked out. Did they not hear anything he said? I think sometimes Jesus is speaking and it's kind of going in one ear and out the other. So much of the time, he says, those of his ears, let him hear. And I want to add the words, remember. What is it? You got minds like sieves. It just goes right through. Some days I'm like that. <laughs> you know, people talk to you and swear they never said it. And anyway, then you get an argument. Anyway, where was I? So, <laughs> verse 33. Of course, Peter has something to say. And Peter answers. <laughs> I love Peter. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Give the man a hug when I get up there. He answered and said, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. In other words, he goes, I know about those other 11, okay? Ah, they're flakes. But me, you and me, Jesus, the two of us. You're going to die? I'll die. Mm. <laughs> okay? All right. Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter's like, you don't know what you're talking about. What, then the next verse, Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the other disciples, Pete, what is wrong with you, man? We'll do the same thing. You're always shooting your mouth off. Hello, you know there's always one in the crowd. <laughs> anyway, 
told you I love him. Okay, I love him. I love him. So <laughs> didn't he change? You know, the, he gets up and he preaches. All the people that crucified, all the people he was, he was denying Christ to, he's going to stand up. The, the Spirit of God is going to come on him. He's going to stand up. That's what makes the difference. Jesus said, don't do anything until you get the Spirit because that's where the power is. Can I also add, that's where the boldness and the courage is. Amen. And he gets up and tells them all off. <laughs> but not now. Now we're in the, going the other direction. Anyway. Uh, so this is just hours before Jesus allows himself to be arrested. Remember, uh, you know, let me just take you to, don't have to turn there. Uh, trust me if you want, otherwise turn there. John ten eighteen. Remember Jesus said, no one takes my life from me. But I laid down myself. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it again. This command I received from my father. So nobody could take him until he was good and ready. And if he was taken, it was because he allowed it. In fact, they come to take him. And do I have that here? I don't know. All the the gods fall over backwards. They say, are you the Christ? He goes, I am. What's I am? It's another word for God. And he speaks it out and... And they're like, okay, we're done. <laughs> you know, he could have just walked over all the bodies and gone, but it was his time. It was meant to now, it was Passover. This is happening now. All timed. Okay, uh, where was I? I, uh, I got excited. All right, back to here. All right. <laughs> Verse 36, uh, Matthew 26, 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Verse 38, then he said to them, my soul is crushed with grief. It says overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He says, stay here and watch with me. Now the original translation describes this grief as so intense. It's an actual life-threatening kind of grief, okay? These, you know, when people get to this place, they usually commit suicide. You know what I'm trying to say? It's that bad. All right? Verse 39. Then he went a little further, fell on his face, and prayed, saying, Oh, oh my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So, you know, his humanity is showing here a little bit. Okay? This is not an easy thing to do. This is, see, we don't realize what he's talking about here. We just look at it and we think, oh, it's the cross. Yeah, but there was more after that. See, a lot of people don't preach what happened after that. He didn't just die on a cross. He had to go to hell as well. I'll show you scriptures on all of this today. Okay, we'll get to it. But see, when he's, when he's you know... In this time, he is thinking about everything. Every demon he cast out. You know, everyone that said, we know who you are. And he says, shut up and get out. You know? How did they know? There's a question. How did they know he was the son of God? Hmm, I'm going to leave that with you. I could answer you, but I won't. They knew him from before. Okay. All right. See, I answered you. Aren't I sweet? Yeah, I can't leave you hanging, man. Okay. It tells you of a time before this when they knew him as God. 
The angels know the Trinity. You hear me? All right, anyway. So, <clears throat> in times like these, you know, God never leaves us without help. So I want you to go to Luke chapter 22. Not many people go here. So let's go here for a moment. Luke chapter 22. I want, to see, I want you to see something here, how God responds. Verse 43, 44. It says, Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. See, when you're going through stuff, God won't leave you alone. We don't see this in all the movies and stuff. Sad, but the whole story is never there. I'm never happy with any of the movies. You know, I just think, where's the rest of it? I would put this in. This would be a huge thing. Now, I don't know which angel it was. I don't know if it was Gabriel or Michael. These are archangels. You know Michael, right? He's the guy that took down Lucifer. You know, Lucifer's going, hey, I'm so great. I'm so big. Yeah, I'm going to take the throne. And Michael just says, Michael and his angels defeated all of them. Michael and his angels. Michael has his own angels. They all train for war, man. (laughs) Lucifer is like, are you kidding, dude? Are you that stupid? What are you doing? Wow. So I don't know whether it was Michael that came to him and said, we're there. You just say the word, boss. And, <laughs> and it says that he said he could have just in one moment. Jesus himself says, I could call a legion of angels. Why? Because Michael's with his sword drawn going, anytime, anytime. We'll just finish this off. Start again. How difficult is it to suffer when you can just flick, you know, just... In a moment, be released if you wanted to. You're going to the worst thing. The red pill or the blue? No. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. And in verse 44, he says, He prayed more fervently, and he was, he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. All right. And he was doing all of this for us. Amen? To redeem us back to God. Let's go to Ma- back to Matthew. 20, um, 26 we were in. Let's go to verse 45. I just wanted to show you that. You know, God is never... Whenever you cry out, God always turns up. Some way, somehow, something will happen. Verse 45. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve... Keep saying this because it's showing us again that this was so close to him. It says one of the twelve arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Aren't these just sweetheart of people sending these soldiers with clubs and everything else to arrest? Not a terrorist? Not somebody that's been bombing the place? But somebody that preached peace. Somebody that demanded honesty from them, which they weren't willing to give. So, without going into too much detail, for the sake of time, uh, <laughs> we know that following Judas' betrayal, Jesus tried before the high priest, then the Sanhedrin. In the morning, he sent to Pontius Pilate, that's a Roman governor, because only he could sentence Jesus, sentence Jesus to death. But to the surprise of these murderous Jews, <laughs> Pilate didn't want anything to do with this. Because unknown to them, his wife warned him against it. She had a dream and said, don't touch this guy. This is a holy man. This is an unsaved person. 
Unbelievable. And he's fighting for Jesus. Isn't this something? Do you know, in, I think it's in the Ethiopian culture, they believed, they've actually got Pilate as somebody that was converted and did great things for the Lord later on. A lot of people don't know that either. Nice to know, isn't it? Okay. All right. So, back to this, back to this. Uh, Where was I? Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Verse 22, Matthew 27, 22. Pilate said to them, what then shall I do with Jesus? Listen, who is called Christ? He's trying to remind them. Okay? And they all said to him, let him be crucified. What a lovely crowd. Then the governor said, why, listen, what evil has he done? He's questioning them on this. They don't answer this question, but they all cried out the more, saying, let him be crucified. Now, none of these are the people that Jesus delivered or healed or anything else. This is a religious crowd that has been just gathered up by these guys. This is, this is one of those, you know, uh, I'm trying to think. You know, it's one of those juries that's rigged. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, everybody's just paid to go say crucify him. Okay? And it says, um, remember again, John 8, 44, Jesus said, you are a father of the devil. Well, and I, you know what? Let me just read that to you because there's something in there that's really important. He says, the desires of your father you want to do, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand the truth because there is no truth in him. He was a murderer from the beginning. See, you all understand the Bible doesn't say thou shall not kill. You all know that? The Bible says thou shall do no murder. It says you shall not shed innocent blood. Did you get that? Okay. So this is what the problem is. Jesus said, you, you are, that murderous heart is on the inside. And so Pilate, uh, poor Pilate, you know, verse 24, Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and that a riot was developing. So he sent for, <laughs> like this, he sent for a bowl of water, washed his hands before the crowd and said, I'm innocent of the blood of this man. The responsibility is yours. <laughs> this is very clear now. And all the people yelled back. Listen to what they yelled back. We will take responsibility for his death. We and our children. How dumb is that? They not only brought a curse on themselves. You know, everybody goes, oh, the poor Jews. (laughs) Here it is. This is what happened. This is why it happened. It's all there, isn't it? So Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a a lead-tipped whip and then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to crucify him. This was the price of redemption. It was for all of us. Amen? All of it. All right, verse uh, Matthew 27, 33. Then they went out to a place called Golgotha, which means Skull Hill. The soldiers gave him wine mixed with bitter gall. That was to numb the senses. But when he had tasted it, he refused to drink it. You know, this, this was kind of like an anesthetic almost. It's like it kind of dulls you so it's not so horrible. And he says no to it. Do you know why? Because he wanted to stay sharp. He, he hasn't finished yet. He needs to say some things. He needs to let us know what's going on. And I need you to know something today. Accept this, reject it. I don't care. I just want to tell you, okay? I got the mic. <laughs> All right, thank you. 
the Bible tells us, I was going to look, look, look up the scripture, and, sorry. Um, it says, had the rulers of this world known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. I don't know where exactly that was. I, I know that I'm quoting a scripture, so if you can find it using the words, do it. But it, there was something going on that was hidden from the devil. All of this had to work. God had to literally deceive the devil into taking Jesus into hell. So that he could pray the price. You guys need to get this. Oh, God never lies. You see, again, you mess up. But, but number of sales, God is not a man that he shouldn't lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But understand something. Do you all know all the... Uh, I, I hope I don't lose you on this, okay? Please stay with me. All right. But do you remember Moses? And the, you know, the, all, the, all the women that was, they were meant to be killing these kids, and they lied through their teeth and said, those women are having babies before we can get to them. Is that ever true? Only a man would believe that. I mean, women say, it's been 40 hours, get it out. Jeez, that's enough. You know? As if you have babies that quick. Sorry, ladies. But, you know, but that's, that's the stupidest thing ever. And they lied, and God blessed them. Remember Joshua? And the spies? And the soldiers came to her door? And she lied through her teeth. Said, have you seen this man? She goes, mm-hmm, they went that away. If you run quickly, you might catch up. And she lied. And she was brought into Jesus Christ's lineage. I think that's incredible. All the Jews had a problem, but not God. God never has a problem. So I need you to know something. Something is going on here. As much as, you know, the devil is a deceiver, God just can outdo him. And so everything that needs to take place now needs to take place according to prophecy and also needs to take place because otherwise the devil would never do this. If he knew he was going to lose all of his authority, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me now. Okay, if he never took him down there and and basically tortured an innocent person for us, then nothing would have happened. We would not be saved today. So let's see. a lot of people just they miss so much. You know, they look at Jesus and go, "Oh, poor Jesus." You know, yes, poor Jesus. Boy, don't take uh, you know I take nothing away from the suffering he went through. Okay, but I need you to know he was on mission. This is, a, this is one of those, what do you call it, uh, 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 covert operations. Yeah, yeah, it was just God's covert operation happening. And the rulers didn't know what was going on. Isn't it good we serve a smart God? You know, really? Can I, that's why Jesus said, you know, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. He didn't say be dumb as donkeys. I don't know why we just don't think beyond the five minutes in front of us. And I'm preaching again. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's get back to this. Sorry, Jesus. Okay. <clears throat> and so, verse 35. After they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Obviously, they, it was valuable. Verse 36. Then they sat around and kept guard as he hung there. A, verse 37. A signboard was fastened to the cross above Jesus' head, announcing the charge against him. Because they always have to put the charge over the criminal. And watch the charge. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. 
Oh, that upset everybody. <laughs> you know, all the religious leaders. Well, we'll see this. Okay, uh, uh, let's go to John. John chapter 19. We're going to read from verses 20 through 22. Let's see how, what, what happened next. Then many of the Jews, John 19, 20, then many of the Jews read this title for, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near to the city and it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. I mean, three different versions are going to be put up there. And he says, therefore, the, verse 21, therefore the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Can you believe these people? Okay? And Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. That's right. I'm not taking it down. <laughs> I love that man. So, in the same way that the Jews refused to change their mind about Jesus, Pilate refused to change his mind about this. He says, You want to be stubborn? I can be stubborn too. And I believe and I know that it was God. Amen? Can I just say this? Uh, give me a minute. Understand something. Not everybody that's not saved is against you. We need to not treat people that are unsaved, you know, with contempt. Okay? They just don't know, man. Those are the people that God will lead you to, that you can minister and something will happen. Do you hear me? And also understand something, that those people, God will work through so much, so much of the time to help you. But there's no Christians there. There might be one good person there. Sometimes a bunch of Christians might not be the thing for you. <laughs> you know, they want to crucify you. Anyway, uh, moving on. All right. <laughs> so, let's continue on in Luke's Gospel. In Luke chapter 23. Then one of the criminals who are in verse 39, excuse me. Luke 23, 39. Then one of the criminals who, uh, who hanged blessed bless him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. Yeah, it's more the us than the yourself. You know? Okay, verse 40. But, rather, uh, but the other, excuse me, answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? Verse 41. And I love this. He says, Inde uh, We indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. I think that's really interesting that he says this guy is innocent. Even the, cross, the thief on the cross doesn't know why this guy is being hung. Isn't that something? Verse 42, then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, assuredly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. I don't know where the comma is. You all know the Greek had no commas, no full stops. No, nothing. It's just one continuous statement. So I don't know whether he said, I'll tell you today, right now, you'll be with me in paradise, or whether he said, I'll tell you today, you'll be with me in paradise. Who cares? The guy wasn't going, he was going to paradise. I want you to also notice he said paradise. He didn't say heaven. There's a difference. Okay. Don't have time to teach on that today. Verse 45 and 46, it says, At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. At about 3 o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, which is the reason why he didn't take the numbing agent. He needed to do this. And he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, there's a lot in what he said there. So much in what he said there. Number one, he needed to announce so that the devil, because the devil thought, oh, God has forsaken him. 
We can take him and God won't stop this. Because remember, at every turn, he rebukes, he, he just casts out demons left, right and center. The devil is very confused right now. He's kind of going, what happened? Wasn't this guy like casting, you know, I mean, got so many coming down there complaining. A whole bunch that were in pigs, they were having a great time. No, we were in a man and then we were in the pigs and then they all drowned and it was just a bad trip, man. And now, this, what's up? Remember I told you something was going on. Something was going on. Can you kill God? Question number two. So what has to happen? Remember Jesus has two titles. What were they? The Son of God and the Son of Man. Now listen to me. He'll always be God's Son that will never change. In fact, that's the reason why he had to go to the cross. Because God had to go to the cross. A perfect individual that wasn't, how can I put this? That wasn't tainted by the sin of Adam. Okay? That's why the Holy Spirit came upon Mary. And she had Jesus. Are you all here? Okay? So it took God to do this. So he's never going to change his relationship with God. So I really need you to get this before I say the next thing. He'll always be, has been, always will be the Son of God. But he has to let something go to die. Because you can't nail God on a cross and kill him. Because God is life. He is, by very nature, life. So something has to happen. Remember I said to you before, a perfect man gave it all up, so a perfect man had to pay a price. And it was at this point... The forsaken, he's letting go of, of the thing that makes him God right now. He has to, otherwise he can't die. Are you all with me? It doesn't matter if you don't agree with me. Okay, but somehow he got to die. Okay, and he needs to be taken into hell. So this is what's going on in what he says. All right. Where? I'll show you where he goes as well. Now, verse 28, let's just... Uh, John, let's go to John chapter 19, verse 28. We're coming to the end, okay? <clears throat> John 19, 28. Jesus knew that everything was now finished. And to fulfill the scriptures, he said, I am thirsty. Everything he does according to the scriptures. Verse 29. A jar of sour wine was sitting there. So they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it up to his lips. Verse 30. Then Jesus had tasted it, and he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The Ryrie Study Bible, I didn't give you any quotes, I'm giving you one today. All right, here's the first one, only one. Okay, it says, Receipts for taxes found in the papara have written across them this single Greek word that we translate, it is finished, which actually means paid in full. That's what was there, okay? That's what he said. He didn't just say paid in, in, it is finished. He said paid in full. That's the word he used. The price for our redemption from sin was paid in full by our Lord's death, which means we can't do anything to add to it. Amen? And this fulfilled the physical requirement for sin, but there was still a spiritual requirement. As brought, brought out in Leviticus chapter 16, verses 7 through 10, a lot of people don't know what all happened there, okay? It talks about two goats. 
I keep bringing this up, so here's your scripture reference, all right? In Leviticus chapter 16, in verses 7 through 10, it talks about two goats. One was killed, one was sacrificed as unto the Lord, and the other one was sent off into the wilderness because two things needed to occur. Jesus didn't just have to die, but then he was going to go into hell as well. How, if, he, if that was the end of his life, that was it. There was nothing else left. But there was more to it. You know, there's more to you than just your body, right? Amen. And so Jesus had to pay two prices. A physical price and a spiritual price. Man sinned on every level and a price had to be paid on every level. All right. And he himself says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so... It, I don't know if it was a whale. It didn't say whale. Everybody thinks it's a whale. Okay? It didn't say that. It says, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Did you see that? Yeah. All right? It didn't say he just died on a cross and laid there. He said he was going to the heart of the earth. Where? There's a lot of argument about this. I'll give you a scripture. I don't want to argue. i just give you scriptures. Okay? Psalm chapter 16. Psalm 16 is not chapter. It's Psalm 16 and verse 10. It says, for you will not leave my soul in Sheol. Now, this is the same Greek word that's Hades in the New Testament, which is a place of torment, which is the place... Remember the story about the rich man and Lazarus? You all remember that? Do we know the story? Okay, 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 all right. Okay, the rich man and Lazarus, and it says that when the rich man died, this is where he went. Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom. That's paradise. But the rich man went down into Sheol, which is where he said, uh, you, know, you know, let me just read you. In Luke 16, 23, just very quickly. Because it, it says that being in torments in Hades, that's the word that is used here. It wasn't in paradise, it was in torments in Hades. Hades, was that's where torment was. Sheol is the same thing, it's the same word. Do you all understand? So Jesus had to, you see, that this is why he said, if this cup can pass from me, because it wasn't finished at the cross. That was just the beginning of all the horror. And now he's going to go into hell where he's cast out all these demons and they all had a score to settle with him. Three days worth of settling scores. Can you imagine? This is the place where all torture came from. Some people have had glimpses of it, and they said, it is horrible, they can't sleep. It's just horrible what he went through. So I won't tell you anything. Okay, I'm sweet. Okay, so <laughs> just know it was a horrible price. It wasn't just the cross. There was more. All right. Uh, but then it says, nor will you allow your Holy One, it's capital, by the way, to see corruption. All right, which means he wasn't going to leave him there. We're going to resurrect him on Sunday. We can't do it today. Okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Watch online and we'll resurrect him. Okay. <laughs> Only Jesus Christ could pay this price. He would do it as a perfect man. And in doing so, the promise of Genesis 3.15 was coming to pass. Where God said, from now on, you and the woman will be enemies. Your offspring and her offspring will be enemies. He will crush your head. You will strike his heel. His heel was struck at the cross. Three days later, he's going he's gonna to come back alive. He's going to be God in hell. And he's going to crush the head on Sunday. Okay. <laughs> okay. And he's going to say in Matthew 28, 18, he's going to say, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Just took it all back. 
in Revelation, he says, I have the keys of death and hell. Amen? Hallelujah. But right now, we're going to remember the price he paid. We're going to remember that the life that we have, the future that we have, came at a price. And we need to remember that today. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for what Jesus did. We thank you for giving your only son that you so loved for us. The Apostle John says, Behold, what manner of love. 1 John 3, 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. And then he says in verse 2, Beloved, now are we the children of God. And we thank you, Lord. It's because of what you did that we are now children of the Most High. And I pray for each and every individual here today that as they remember the death of Christ, that they also remember resurrection. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Lord, that just as much as our dreams have died and things that we've just given up on, things that we've said were impossible, Jesus Christ proved that there is one greater than all our failures, all our mistakes, all our lost dreams. He is a God of resurrection. And we thank you for what he did. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.